Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I am Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we're interviewing interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. And today we will be interviewing Becky Manley, who is the founder and CEO of Fierce Strategy Plus Creativity, which is a national marketing agency. So here's the interview. But before we go to the interview, here's just a little disclaimer. This interview is about 30 minutes long, so it's definitely um, a little longer than what we normally do. So if you're new to this, just a heads up, we usually try to go on the shorter side. But Miss Manley has a lot of amazing stuff to say, so I would definitely recommend listening to the entire thing. But we just wanted to give you a heads up. It is a little longer, but it is completely, it is filled with the same interesting stuff as usual. Welcome, Miss Becky Manley, to our podcast. Um, so you run your own marketing agency, and you have started three so far. What, why do you, what is your first company, not your first company, but your current company that you're running now? It's Fierce. Um, I believe that is the, the name for it. And what, what does that company do? Yeah, so our company is called Fierce Strategy and Creative. And we're a full-service advertising agency, and our focus is really on branding and uh, messaging and building brand strategies for companies and then helping them execute on those strategies. But we do a little bit of everything. You know, as you work with brands, they require a little bit of advertising, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of sales support, um, digital with websites and things like that. So... We get to do a lot of really interesting things every day for all the brands that we touch. Yes, ma'am. That's, that's really interesting. <clears throat> you are the first um, female entrepreneur that we've had on our podcast. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. So what's the difference between this company and the other companies that you've started? Well, this is my third advertising agency. Um, the first one I started when I turned 30. Uh, I was... Um, very much entrepreneurial my whole life and knew that at some point I wanted to start my own agency. And so I prepared myself in my twenties with education and experience and built a freelance business that I was able to transition into advertising and into my own advertising agency with a partner. So that was fun. And then uh, the second uh, agency that I became a partner and owner in um, was a much larger company uh, we were um, a multi-million dollar uh, advertising agency that worked with clients all over the country. And that was fun. I did that for about nine years. And I also had a partnership, um, two or three different partners across those nine years within that business. Our model was very similar, just on a larger scale. So we did um, strategy and research. We did branding and creative. And then we did media and marketing and those types of things. And then when I started Fierce, it's the first company that I started on my own. And I don't have any business partners and I have no plans to. Um, it's been really fun to be independent and um, to work with clients and to work with partnerships, but not official you know, business partnerships, more just relationships across lots of different areas where we um, use support like web design, digital paid ads, things like that. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful six years. 
And, uh, but our model is, is also very similar um, to what we did at, at my first two agencies where we have strategy and research leads everything that we do. And then um, branding and creative and design work and then marketing and media. Yes, ma'am. So you keep in, uh, mentioning strategy as one of the things that your company does. What exactly is strategy? That's a good question. Well, we feel strategy is really important and that it should lead every creative decision that we pursue as a company. Sometimes when you work in advertising, it's fun to just jump to the idea and to the creative part and the design, but we really kind of back that up into what we call more of a discovery process where we sit down with our clients and we identify what their goals are. We talk to the executive team, which means the leaders of the company, like the CEO, the CFO, head of sales, head of marketing, all of those top level roles. We figure out what their goals are and what they're trying to accomplish with whatever project they've brought to the table for fears. Then we go and do a lot of research around that problem or um, whatever it is that they're dealing with that they want us to assist with. And um, then we come back to the table uh, with the executive team and we share our findings that we, whether we commissioned a research project or we just did empirical research or um, we did on-site research or focus groups or whatever that research and strategy looks like. Then we bring it back to the table with the team and we say, okay, here's what we've learned and here's the strategic direction that we recommend based on you know, what you've shared with us, what we've discovered in our research, the insights that have come out of our data, all of those things together form a strategy and a plan and a roadmap. And then if they agree with our strategy, then we can execute that strategy with whatever deliverables they might want. It might be a new brand, it might be a new name, it might be um, a new product that we introduce into the marketplace, it might be a new division, a new acquisition, a new website. There's lots of ways that those um, solutions can be applied. That's, that's really interesting. So you basically collect a lot of data and then you gather it all together and analyze it and then that's how you come up with your strategy. Yeah, and the strategy is really the best way to think about it is just like a roadmap for how we want to proceed, you know, and sometimes there's maybe two or three different recommended strategies and it's really just dependent on what their outcome is. And so we may say, well, if you really want to go this direction, then we can recommend this strategy. If you're thinking about potentially going this direction, this strategy might be the best. And then once we're all aligned on where we want to go, what we want to accomplish, what the strategy is, then that just gets everybody on the same page. And it makes the process a lot simpler and a lot more streamlined. And you know, sometimes when you start a project, especially a big project, a multi-million dollar project, um, you know, even CEOs of companies and CFOs of companies and you know, top level executives can kind of get nervous or get cold feet or start doubting or questioning. And it's such a good thing to have that roadmap to go back to and say, okay, remember when we talked about this? This was a potential risk and this is what we decided to do about it. And you can bring people back to the strategy every step of the way so that there's a real confidence level like, oh yeah, okay, okay, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So we find that it really helps lead us to the right answers and it really helps us um, 
get everybody working together in the same direction, which is much more efficient. Yes, ma'am, that, that makes sense. And that, that seems like that'd be very helpful. Yep. So before you mentioned that you majored and that you had, you had a lot of um, education before you went into your marketing thing. Now, what did you major in in college and did that help you with your business and all of your other marketing skills? Well, that's a good question. Um, my degree was in graphic design. Uh, it was the first year that graphic design was offered as a degree program. So I was kind of one of the first um, guinea pigs in that program. But I felt like my degree definitely prepared me for what I wanted to do. My goals were very clear. Um, I wanted to be a designer first, a graphic designer first, and really build up my skills. And then I wanted to convert those skills once I had the expertise and the experience into the role of creative director, which at the time there were only 3% of female creative directors in the, in the country, in the advertising industry. So um, I prepared myself to take that role. And then my minor at first was psychology because I wanted to not only be able to design for the consumer, I wanted to be able to understand what the consumer was wanting and looking for in design. And then my second minor was creative writing. And I wanted to be able to properly communicate, not just visually, but with words. And so with that combination, it really gave me a good foundation for getting into the business. I started right away working with advertising agencies, working on design projects, copywriting projects, um, I had a unique ability to come in as both a designer and a copywriter. Um, I could work with copywriters or I could write my own copy. And so that combination gave me a real advantage. And then uh, eventually I worked up into the role of creative director and then um, president and then owner, which is where I am now. So I would say it prepared me well. That's, that's really interesting. That's um, like the roadmap. You had a roadmap for your own career. I have my own little strategy. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So what advice would you have for women and girls who want to start their own business? Oh, lots of good advice. I say, if you want to start your business, you can do it, first of all. Um, it's not a matter of if you can or if you can't, you can. Um, more, you know, even more so than my education and my preparation and my own due diligence and, you know, daily um, personal growth with reading, working with excellent teams, putting myself under excellent other creative directors so that I could learn. It was really just a work ethic. Um, you know, everybody told me, well, you can't be a creative director at a big agency because only 3% of creative directors are women. And, you know, it, starting your own business as a woman is a risky thing and this and that. But I just, um, I don't know if it was my father or who just instilled in me that with an education and a work ethic, um, there's really nothing you can't do. And I, um, I just believed that and I never thought to question it. And so I just was the hardest working person at the office. I, um, was always the one that was there the latest and trying new things and learning new things and signing up for every possible opportunity from networking meetings at six o'clock in the morning to, um, you know, seminars and trade shows and things like that, just putting myself out there in every possible way 
knowing what my end goal was because I had my roadmap uh, between hard work and education and just um, really making sure that every day I was learning something new um, and, and, and better than I was the day before. Um, I just found that I could accomplish my goals. You know, I had great people around me who supported me, who mentored me, who trained me, who were patient with me, especially in my early years when I was in my 20s and I was very eager and ambitious. People were very patient with me. Um, and with all of that combined, I was able to, um, you know, make decisions that allowed me to not just live out a dream of, of business ownership, but also the day-to-day -day reality of that. And, um, you know, my husband also was very supportive in that process. Uh, we had a young child um, in my 20s and 30s when I started my first two agencies, and he was very supportive of not only the financial sacrifice to owning your own business, but helping out at home and watching Jack. And I mean, I would work all day during the day, then I would freelance all night until two or three o'clock in the morning. And he was just a wonderful support through all of that. And that's an important piece, especially for a woman. If you're married and have children, um, it's important that you have the support of your husband in these moments because it's definitely something you do together. Yes, and that's really inspiring for young women and girls who want to become entrepreneurs. Your entire Absolutely. story. Go for it. Absolutely. Yep. I think it's the best thing in the world. Yes, ma'am. So what would you say to people who were aspiring marketers and wanted to know what kind of experience education should they get to go into the marketing field? Well, marketing is pretty broad. There's a lot of um, different ways to to work in marketing. You know, there's, um, there's obviously digital marketing, which is very, very significant right now. And we do most of our marketing for our clients is, is digital paid marketing. Um, but I think getting a good baseline degree in marketing and understanding what it is and what the, um, what the potential opportunities are around it, um, inserting yourself into internships um, we have an intern right now who is only a, a, she's a freshman and she'll be an, a rising sophomore. And I don't normally have interns that are so young, but she's like, you know what? She's like, I'm, I'm going to do an intern every opportunity I get, an internship every opportunity I get. She's like, I just want to learn. I want to see. I want to be hands on. I want to experience so that when I graduate, I know what I want to do. And so I think, you know, coupled with her education in marketing, and her willingness to just put herself into an agency and say, give me something to do. This is what I think I'm good at. I don't know. Try me out. You know, those types of things. She was very persistent in getting this internship with me. She wouldn't let me not meet with her. And I liked that, you know. And then when I met her, I realized she was just very smart, very bright. And um, we just kind of threw her in the fire, which is what we do with our internships. And they don't get us coffee, that's for sure. They do real client-facing work. And she has been absolutely fantastic. And it's been wonderful to not only be able to observe that and observe her work ethic and her skills, but also just to have her eagerness to be part of everything we do as an agency. And so if you're looking at um, getting into marketing or know somebody who is, it doesn't, you don't have to wait till your senior year to be immersed in it. You know, you can 
you can start young, you can start even in high school and, and volunteer your services, volunteer your time. When you're on Facebook, if you're on social media, insert into your daily feed publications about marketing, um, magazines about advertising like Ad Age or Wired or um, <clears throat> lots of different publications so that you're constantly inundated with the latest, greatest news about whatever topic you're interested in. One of my favorite ones that I have in my feed is Harvard Business Review because I love their research and I love their data. And so I don't have to go outside of my normal circles to find that information. It's coming to me in my social media feed, feed and I can click on it or not click on it depending on the time that I have in the day. So there's lots of little ways to just make sure that if that's your goal and that's what you want to do, that you can constantly be surrounded by that information. Yes, ma'am. So your advice to these marketers and people is to insert yourself kind of into the world, into this kind of world of marketing, learn, like learn the research and apply as an intern. That's correct, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it starts with, you know, if, if you're ready to go to college for it and want to make it a career, definitely start with a good education. Then don't wait to your junior or senior year to start an internship, you know, just Choose an agency that you think is cool or fun or does work that you want to do and, and just call them, just call them, just email them and say, hey, this is who I am and I want, I, I want to play a role, you know, uh, put me to work, tell me what to do, I'll, I'll do anything, I'll try anything because I'm trying to figure out what it is that I want to do with my life and I'm not quite sure, you know, and just let me observe, let me do those things and, um, and then just really doing a lot of reading, a lot of observation, a lot of immersing yourself in the field ahead of time. And I think those things together just get you really prepared. Yes, ma'am. That I'm sure that would help aspiring marketers <laughs> and other teenagers. So our podcast is really geared towards teenagers. Okay. And we always ask every single one of our guests, what books have had an impact on you and why? Well, you know, I don't read as many books as I used to, um, but I do have a couple that are on my desk right now. I actually have three, and uh, these are ones that I'm reading as I have time. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm more of a publication person, and so I have my magazines and things that I read because that, for me, is just more appropriate for my business. Um, but as far as uh, some good business books and leadership books, one of them is called The Lean Startup. And uh, for me and my business, probably be a little boring to you and maybe a little um, premature to read as a teenager, but it's been a good, you know, it's a good book and it helps me understand um, the shifting marketplace for our clients. And then uh, there's a very um, cutting edge designer and writer in the advertising field called James Victor, and he wrote a book um, called Feck Perfection, <laughs> which is a very... You don't want to say that title wrong, um, but he writes about just being very bold and strong and creative and playful in the advertising space. And sometimes we all need that reminder, especially as business owners. So I'm reading through his book, which is more just um, animated pictures, things like that, just re real reminders on how to stay creative and stay playful in a world that's very serious, you know, especially at the level that we play. And then a book um, called Dare to Lead, which is um, just a good leadership book that I'm intrigued by as a woman. Um, you know, as a female business owner, we certainly um, 
have to stay on our toes. And so uh, we have to stay ahead of the pack. We have to work a little harder. We have to try a little harder, um, I, I feel anyway. And so making sure that I'm staying up to date with leadership um, tactics and recommendations and things like that, not just for myself, but for the female CEOs and entrepreneurs and um, clients that I work with who come to us for not only, you know, what do I do next with this project, but what do I do with this situation that I find myself in? How can you advise me? Um, we, we play many different roles as an agency and, and consulting is one of them. And so it's important for me to just stay top of mind on a lot of different topics and, um, and things like that. And so leadership is usually one of those areas that I want to make sure that I'm just filling my head with good information and good insight and good recommendations. So those are three books that I have. I'm a little bit into each one of them right now. And then, uh, you know, like I mentioned, um, we do so much on a strategic basis that is research driven that Harvard Business Review is just one of those publications that it's, I'm like a kid in a candy store when I read through it. And I, I really uh, enjoy the information and the learning. And then I can share that learning with our clients who may not have time to sit down with a publication if they're a startup owner or business owner or something like that. I can share some valuable insight and just put it in their inbox in, during the course of the day. Those sound like all really good books. I've heard of the Lean Startup. And in fact, my co-speaker uh, co or co-podcaster she is has her own business and oh, nice. she she has she sells eggs and awesome. she might talk about that when we talk about this episode later you'll hear her if you listen to this episode that's awesome you know you're never too young to start a business you know it, you don't have to wait till you're all grown up you don't have to wait till you have a college degree you know the entrepreneurial spirit gets you at all different ages you know and it's once it's in you it's in you and, you know, learning and trying and the trial and error, it can happen at any stage of life. And everything that you're doing now in your teenage years is just preparing you for, you know, what you'll, what you'll do later on in life. And so all of these moments are just wonderful moments. I love, I love to hear that she's already started a business. That's great. Yes, ma'am. Speaking of the teenage years, um, what advice would you have for teenagers? Oh, goodness. You know, I've been thinking about this one. This is a tricky one. Uh, I wrote down a few things um, that I, I really wish that, you know, someone had, had told me even when I was a teenager, which seems like a long time ago. But in this day and age, you know, even watching you do this podcast, I love your eagerness about it. I love the fact that you're doing this. I love that you're taking the time to build something that um, offers value to people, even at your age. I just love that. And that was one of the that was one of the things that that was important to me is that you're not, you're never too young to start, you know, like don't wait, don't wait until you're all grown up or this or that, or the world tells you you're grown up. I love that you just jumped in with two feet and you've just, you've got your equipment, you're all set up, you're doing your thing, you've got your vibe and you've reached out to me and others and you're asking good questions. And really that's one of the things that was on my list was just be proactive, find something you care about and go do it, you know? Um, I think that's that's important. I think that requires um, a couple things and that one of them is confidence. Um, I think, especially as young women, 
we can struggle with that uh, in our teenage years. And when I look back at my teenage years, I was like, oh goodness, what was I doing? You know, I didn't need to worry about this or that, or, you know, the way I looked or my weight or anything ridiculous like that. Youth is such a wonderful, wonderful gift. You need to use it to go do exciting and adventurous things. And I feel like that's what you're doing right now in this moment, which makes me so pleased to be a part of it. Very privileged to be a part of this. Um, but just having that confidence too, if you, if you want to do something and you want to pursue something, just go ahead and pursue it and go do it until you, you know, reach a roadblock or whatever. And, and you know, you're not able to move forward, but pursue it as much as possible, get adult, adults involved, um, build advocates, um, let people know why you want to do what you want to do. I think those things are all important. One of the big platforms that I have, um, with my previous agency and this agency in particular is kindness. And I think that's something that you can do and, and exercise and demonstrate as a teenager. Um, the world is in desperate need of it. And I feel like kindness is not only a personal difference maker, but I also believe it's a corporate difference maker. You know, the way that, that you will interact with me and have interacted with me with your little podcast business here or your friend with how she's selling her eggs and the way she's you know, managing her customer service, her responses, her email communication, things like that. Maybe a dozen eggs drop on the ground and, you know, she has to make a decision. Is she going to replace them or not? Or, you know, just lots of different things. I think kindness um, is something that needs to be practiced and, and started when you are young. And uh, so that it can develop into really shaping your core values as a person, as a company, as a brand personal brand or corporate brand as you get older. And so I think that's really important. And then I had one more and I thought about this. Um, when I was, when I was in high school, I was very driven. I was very ambitious. I was an avid reader. I was, you know, really not, without even knowing it, I was preparing myself for what I was going to be, which was a business owner and an entrepreneur. And it took me a little while to really just, stop even though I lived in a man's world and had all male partners and mostly male clients and and had somewhat of a a, a male role um took me a little while maybe in my 30s before I realized the beauty and the power and the amazingness of just being a woman and celebrating all of those things that make us special as women um gentleness and kindness and empathy and all of these things that sometimes we're told are, are weaknesses, but really I believe are incredible strengths, especially in the corporate world, especially as an entrepreneur. And just, uh, you know, a lot of times I wore a black suit and a white shirt or, you know, black suit pants or whatever. And I just uh, introduced some sparkle into my life uh, and, and just really celebrated the fact that God had made me a woman and had made me, you know, given me the abilities to do what I do every day and to do it well, but that there was a wonderful privilege to just femininity. And when you, I want you to discover that earlier than I did. I would, I would encourage you to really just celebrate that and enjoy that and, uh, and not be afraid to, to sparkle. You know, I think, um, I think God has created us with amazing abilities and, with those abilities come a responsibility to um, share in kind ways, in fun ways, in adventurous ways, in productive ways, 
um, helping others learn, you know, helping others um, when they need help, helping others just by being a kind friend, um, providing opportunities. There's just so many different ways and you're never too young. You're never too young to start that. And as a woman, I think we almost have almost more of a responsibility to put those things out into the world. Yes, ma'am. That's, that's great. That, um, it's really encouraging for a lot of young women and teenagers, mm -hmm. including myself. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and giving a women's perspective into everything. Sure, so it's been I, really fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. And I'm just, uh, I'm a big cheerleader of you over here. I'm a big fan. So if there's anything I can do to help you with what you're doing and your ambitions there, you reach out anytime. All right, great. So thanks again. All right, so what did you think about the interview? I really enjoyed getting to know her a little better. It was, when I was researching her, she came off as very impressive and very hardworking. And the entire interview just reaffirmed that. And I loved how, uh, even through her education, like, she had a roadmap and kind of prepared for the future. Like, I think that it just, just really got, it bring her very far. Yes. And also, she's had a lot of experience in this field. She has had 20 years so far and has started three agencies or companies depending on what you want to call them. Million companies. Oh yeah that that's deal important. with those, those types of projects. Yeah that's awesome and this is her first company. Fierce is her first company where she's solo on this which I think which is really is, cool. Which is very impressive for especially a woman that some usually women don't they don't be deck as equals or can do as much as men but to your own company independently it's, it's incredible. Yes, it is really cool. And she, I loved her advice and how she basically said that you're never too young to start. Yeah, I started a business um, for eggs, like they mentioned, you mentioned in the interview uh, at age 10. So yes, I, I, I love what she's doing. It's, it's incredible. It's, and it's completely true. Like you are never too young to start what you dream of like just go for it yes I thought it was that was really cool and um yeah so her books seem like great books now I don't think we're going to read it this time because we, we usually read the books that aren't so we don't read the books that's it's easier to explain if we say what we don't read we <laughs> don't really read the books that are specifically to their field because we're teenagers and I'm not a marketer. <laughs> we need to be, we're going to have a more open-minded books, more general books than yes. what she recommended. So, but still, if you want to go and read them, go read them. Yep. They sound really good. I've heard of at least the Lean Startup one. All right, everyone. This is the time that you have been waiting for. Maddie is going to talk about her book, When Things Fall Apart, that Dr. Chris Jones, which was episode three, said that was a great book. Okay, hit it, Maddie. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this is going, I'm about to give a quick summary of When Things Fall Apart that was recommended, like Taylor said, in our third episode. Um, so just for everyone out there who may be wanting to read the book, 
I will be giving a few spoilers. I won't go very in-depth about the book. If you want an in-depth summary, I would go to aimingforthemoon.com and I'll be writing a little summary about it and links to get the book. And so, yeah. Um, so this book starts out um, presenting us with some nine tribes in Africa and about the 1800s. So it's, we're mainly focusing on one tribe. We only interact once with another tribe but our main character is Okawano. Um, so he is very tough, um, not only physically, but emotionally. He is very cruel to everyone around him, doesn't really have, um, he never shows his emotions. He, um, he's just a very tough person. And you learn that from the beginning of the book. It goes in depth about how his father his father's um, failures and his laziness sort of drove him to be the best he could be. So yeah, it's very, I would definitely recommend this because it goes very in-depth and in-depth insight into another culture in Africa. It goes into the different customs, the different foods, the different practices, the different gods. And it's personally, I love when books do that, just giving me a different insight into a different culture and um, a different I don't know, just people, just how different they are. Um, there are a couple themes throughout this book. One of them is to be more open-minded. There are um, some Christianity that comes and spreads to the book, spreads into the book um, there at the very end of the book. And Okawano, um, with his upbringing, completely is hard-hearted towards the Christians and ends up killing himself. Um, so it's just teaching us that different isn't always bad. Um, different can be good just to be a little bit more open-minded to different people with different beliefs or cultures. There's also showing the troubles that he goes through because of, of his failures that we can kind of learn from, um, but I would 100% recommend this book. However, there is some abuse that goes on. He abuses his wives in the book and tries to shoot them and beat them, and so if I would not recommend this for everyone, but it is still a fantastic book that is very eye-opening into a different culture, um, has some great lessons, some great themes. Um, so yeah, if you want, like I said, full summary at aimforthemoon.com. So yeah. That sounds great. So like Maddie said, um, Maddie posts, Maddie's opinions is what we call them. <laughs> on every book that she reads on our aimingforthemoon.com blog. Um, you'll find that in our podcast notes section under this podcast. So don't forget before you leave to subscribe and rate our podcast. It really helps because it'll push us up in the algorithm that Apple Podcasts and other apps use. And you guys get to hear us more often. So don't forget. Set your sights high. And aim for the moon.